Today, we are going to talk about the cultivation scene in Canada. I am extremely privileged to be joined by two young professionals, Myrig Murray, cultivating in the province of New Brunswick, and Wesley Allen, cultivating in the province of Nova Scotia. Boys, it's really wonderful to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We're going to go through some of the good things, some of the bad things, and hopefully give some tips and tricks for some of the new people that want to get into the industry. I know everybody uh, sends me quite a few messages asking, how do I get in? How do I get my start? So really excited to go over that topic specifically. But without further ado, Wes, how you doing over there in Nova Scotia today, my friend? What is going on? Welcome. Hey, Corey. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Wes. I'm from the Annapolis Valley in Nova Scotia, Canada. I'm a uh, a grower at a local facility here and uh yeah i just got into the, the uh industry two years ago and i'm loving it so far i'm a i'm a plumber by trade actually so it's just kind of a, a odd change switch over but growing has been my passion for about 15 years now so it was really just a, a lucky opportunity for me to get in oh that's awesome yeah that uh opportunities are definitely what it's all about uh, to say the least and it's definitely interesting to see you know especially in small town Canada uh, a lot of these facilities are, are popping up it's pretty much the majority of where they are so uh, you know for a lot of folks also thinking about that uh, as you noticed you know Wesley saying that he's in the Annapolis Valley I'll give everybody time to google that one of the most beautiful parts of Nova Scotia I mean honestly most of all of Nova Scotia is absolutely gorgeous but Annapolis Valley is definitely uh, one of my favorite spots anyway I'm also biased because half my family's from Digby so Nova Scotia is near and dear to my heart uh, Wesley thanks for taking the time today again brother I really appreciate it we're gonna dig into that plumber story don't worry that is definitely an interesting transition uh, I don't know too many things that are similar <laughs> between plumbing other you know irrigation wise but anyways I digress Myring, Mr. Myring, how are you doing today, sir? Welcome. Thanks for having me, Corey. It's always fun to talk to you, as always. Uh, yeah, doing pretty good this uh, this Sunday. Excellent. What uh, what do you do uh, in the industry there? Where uh, I know you're probably not going to mention uh, where you work. I can totally uh, understand that. But uh, what are you currently doing inside of the industry? Sure, sure. Uh, well, technically, I guess it's uh, it's a master grower kind of title. Uh, I don't really believe in the term master grower, so we'll just go with like head grower or whatever, or head cultivator. Um, yeah, so the the facility that I'm working at now, we're kind of specializing in uh, in living soil and trying to go as organic as possible. Uh, there's still uh, a cannabis organic certification being developed, and so our goal is to be one of the first recipients of that when it goes online. Nice. Yeah, that is definitely, uh, you know, probably going to have to have you guys back to dip into that conversation uh, regarding the, you know, organic certifications of cannabis, because that is, that is a topic, uh, to say the least. Uh, but I did kind of want to get into, you know, a little bit more about your Genesis stories as well for everybody who's listening. It's really important. You know, it's, it's a legal industry now. It's been legal for about two and a half years here in Canada. Uh, getting you know ever creeping to that three-year mark and uh, previously some of us you know have some experience uh, in the legacy or the black market traditional market uh, as the term may be 
Myrick, where uh, where did like what happened with you? I, I don't think do we have two plumbers in the room? Maybe <laughs> what was what was your background? Yeah, right? yeah. So I actually uh, come from a border culture. Uh, so I had moved to um, British Columbia from Manitoba to pursue becoming a, a, a certified arborist. And uh, and so that's kind of how I got into cannabis is I was working uh, up in Haida Gwaii uh, for a winter and uh, it just sucked. It was miserable. Uh, <laughs> so um, the master grower for Broken Coast on Vancouver Island is also an arborist and we kind of connected that way and uh, interviewed for a position got it and uh, thought that that would be a pretty sweet gig to do over the winter time mainly because uh, every room is about anywhere between 25 and 30 degrees uh compared to the forest is freezing and then there's a washroom that's indoors compared to the forest there is none so uh yeah it, it was a pretty easy sell um and then how i stayed in uh in cannabis was uh, was they were reading out uh, these customer letters of appreciation uh, while we were doing work on the plants. And uh, one of them in particular was from a seven-year-old cancer patient. And uh, and I think it was the parents that wrote it mainly because they were, it, the letter was thanking us for a consistent product uh, because the, the, the son, he was struggling with uh, having an appetite for lunch. And, um, yeah, so it just kind of gave me a, a big sense of purpose and was, uh, was a really good direction for me for it career wise. So I just kind of took that and, and ran with it and really defined kind of my, my career going forward. And so now, now I'm just kind of skipping around <laughs> trying to find my place in the industry and helping and steer the fa uh, facilities as I go. And it's just been a blast. Uh, the nomadic lifestyle of the typical cultivator in Canada. It's a fun one, isn't it, Myrig? <laughs> uh, it's scenic. It's scenic. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well said. That's uh, it's something we're definitely going to have to touch on later as well. Wesley, uh, your Genesis story, my friend. Uh, plumber, what, how did you exact, what was exactly was that transition? I, my ears perked up right away, as I'm sure a bunch of our listeners did as well. Uh, how did you make that transition over? Uh, were you uh, were you stuck fixing someone's irrigation system? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was. I've been working for the same company for a while here, a local company, and I was just kind of getting bored. And I always loved growing; like it was always my main focus in life. Like I always obsessed over growing since I was really young. And anyway, it was kind of a family tradition, I guess. But. Uh, I ended up having my parents up to the house one time and they were just walking through my outdoor grow with me and listening to me talk about it and seeing how passionate I was. And they ended up uh, telling me, informing me that one of my good friends, a family friend, was a lead grower down at a local LP. So then uh, within a couple of weeks there, or actually, I don't even think it was that long. It was about a week. I get an interview and I got in there. They actually loved that I was a plumber. So I do more plumbing now than I like to be, actually. So as always the case, I think that's one of the, the other kind of early message that we can send uh, to folks that want to be in cultivation at, uh, you know, one of the upper levels in these facilities. It's definitely not just about 
you know, cultivating the plants. It is definitely, you know, obviously managing people. Uh, that That's a different thing. But then there's also, you know, especially in some of these smaller setups where you need to know uh, HVAC possibly, or you, you know, need to actually be doing some maintenance <clears throat> on the system. It's definitely an interesting role. Do you kind of want to talk about that a little bit, Wesley? I think you're in a unique position to, you know, give our listeners that uh, that insight because we've all seen it everywhere in the facilities when we're working. It's really a pleasure to meet somebody that has that experience like yourself. Yeah, it really does come in handy sometimes. Like I like um, a lot of the plumbing that we do, just the simple irrigation stuff. It comes by pretty easy to me, right? Like fixing a solenoid valve or just fixing a tape like where the water comes onto the hydro tables right any of that stuff I can just do right there on the fly we just got to keep a few extra parts around so I think that's a good skill to have and I think that um, if you have an opportunity to have some of those people in your facility that want to grow it's a nice I think it's a nice asset to have so and I I don't mind doing when it's in the grow app uh, grow room right so it's all part of the the job keeping the wheels turning 100 percent uh it uh, you know especially you know for all intents and purposes all these facilities are you know perpetual or trying to be as perpetual as possible and there are a lot of things that need to happen uh in order for that entire plan to be executed so it's really great that you do you know touch on that point <clears throat> and you know intentional segue in uh i want to you know talk about the challenges first i am going to ask about our wins boys don't worry about that as you know maybe far and few between as they are uh <laughs> i definitely want to uh you know kind of highlight some of our uh, our challenges and our wins that we have in, in the industry so let's start out with our you know challenges here what's kind of some of the things and i guess let me reframe it a little bit too it's different to grow plants in your tent at home even if you got like an eight by eight or you know even if you're going out there doing a pretty good size tent it is different when you're inside of these rooms you know uh when we're working when we've been working at one of the largest indoor facilities in the country my we're talking you know 460,000 square foot facility this is a slightly different than the five by eight world so you know, Wes, with that in mind as well, what have been, you know, some of those growing pains, some of those challenges uh, that you've encountered uh, coming into the legal industry at these, you know, LPs or uh, licensed producers uh, for those who are uh, not from Canada? I think one of the biggest struggles is just um, even getting management to agree with some of the ideas that are on the production floor. Not even just that, just person to person the different methods of growing um everyone has their own opinion and they think it's right so you you're half scared to step on other people's toes right so but trying to work together that's the main thing and i've been really fortunate where i'm at that our production team gets along so well that we really have been able to get through a lot of hurdles very quickly right so there might be someone gets upset but within the next day it seems to be brushed off because we we know that we're there for the same reason and trying to better the plant and i know we're lucky in our facility for that reason oh that's very interesting um i didn't think that you would possibly manage or uh, mention that management could be an issue with the clashing of ideas <laughs> it's uh yeah definitely something i can 
uh, I can understand it. Uh, it's such a clashing of the worlds when you have all these folks coming, you know, from, you know, like you mentioned before, Wesley, kind of like a family tradition where, you know, we've been entrenched in that, you know, traditional legacy black market. Uh, trust me, one day I'm going to choose a term, everybody, I promise. But this is the Canadian in me trying to make everybody happy at the moment. So <laughs> the legacy black market, traditional market, you know, that has been really ingrained within us. And that's, you know, truly, as we all know, that's where the knowledge for growing cannabis really lies. Um, when you get into these regulated environments and meeting with folks who come from finance backgrounds or, or pharmaceutical backgrounds, you know, it becomes a totally different conversation. Uh, and then not to mention like the big agriculture guys, uh, you know, if I hear one more person say that tomatoes and cannabis are close to the same thing, I just, I, you know, again, the one fact that I'd like to point out is tomatoes need a bacterial dominated soil to grow cannabis needs a fungi dominant soil to grow they're not the same folks just stop with that <laughs> so you know when you have a clash of ideas like that where you're you know fundamentally talking about the you know very foundations of how a plant is supposed to be grown and you can't even agree on that it becomes a little uh, challenging. Is, is that what you're kind of referring to as well? I know I got into a, a little bit of a rant about my own experience there, Wesley, but I don't want to put any words in your mouth there, brother. No, you got her, man. It's just really just uh, sometimes even just they see numbers a lot of the time, right? So convincing them your method, which they would have no concept, and you, you can't really expect them to. So uh, when you're trying to teach them and get some money to buy this or that sometimes they're not even listening to you because they don't yeah there's just i don't know it's not really the in their world i just don't know if myrig is boiling over there and he's afraid to agree i don't know myrig i'm telling you brother isn't it crazy <laughs> how similar things sound yes across the country province wide you know province to province is just a little bit of flashbacks isn't it oh my god yeah yeah it's uh the blind side that you're just not ready for is the business aspect of it all right it's the price per gram and uh you know uh, even in that large facility where we were were oh, frick where we were, we were working at um was when i was looking after the the mothers there i didn't wasn't expecting to be on the phone call with the sales team on the other side of the country as we were planning out when these products were coming out, because uh, I was going to dictate what clones we were taking, like uh, the the scheduling or the attempting of scheduling of this production is seems to be the most challenging aspect of it, because uh, they just want to box it in. They're like, yeah, so every harvest is done in uh, on day fifty six or day fifty eight, and it's like, nope, that's that's a bit of a tight window. <laughs> like you can't just uh organize all of it like that or like they try to box like drying times into like yep it has to be done in two weeks uh but they want you know the most superior quality that you can get but in the most shortest time possible oh it's it's frustrating and then it's exactly what was is talking about you almost got to spend like 45 minutes to maybe two hours teaching them biology just so they can understand why it's a bad idea to follow what you know some magazine or youtube said because that's for a different system or that's a different country so you know they can do whatever they want we have to follow something that's compliant and something that's regulated 
and uh oh, yeah <laughs> oh we can we can go a long time about this uh oh man we, like again like we can talk about grow tables right uh, i know we were talking about that yesterday with uh, the limited space in the grow tables because they're just like trying to cram as many plants into this uh into these grow rooms as possible uh you know trying to say it's something like see a green or high density growing but really you're just pushing plants together and trying to get the maximum product. And then you're spending most of your time trying to convince them, you know, that uh, less plants in the room is actually more product. Uh, and, uh, oh man. Don't and, and then, worry, yeah. Mark. It's not oh, I can go. <laughs> I feel you, brother. It's all good. Uh, I mean, like, and it's, it's a, just a natural reaction from the numbers from the business side too, in regards to that, you know, plants per table type of thing. Uh, I see it when I'm consulting, you know, as soon as, you know, there's, I make a recommendation for a smaller pot size. Uh, you know, there's uh, one particular example where, uh, you know, we had a really large uh, size pot and, you know, I said, well, we should probably re reduce that, uh, you know, a good 30 to 60%, possibly 60% possibly. Um, and instantly you could just see the bean counters going like, oh, so that means we could get like how many more plants per table? I'm going, no, no, calm down. Like the, the yields will be there. The plant will still grow again. It's a weed. Uh, we just have to tell it what to do, uh, but it will get there. You'll get that quality that you want without just, you know, essentially adding more to the disease triangle or the potential uh, for the pest pressure to raise in these rooms uh, where, you know, it's something that you definitely don't want. Uh, and, you know, even on the increasingly technical side, a lot of these uh, grow operations are uh, in the LED world. And as we know, the LED and kind of making sure that we have the correct penetration and having surface area for, uh, you know, our photons to hit our leaves. It's really important in that LED space that we do have uh, a little bit more space to in the in the plants to, you know, make everything work, for lack of a better term. Uh yeah, it's uh, I, I feel you, brother. It's it's a huge. It's just, it's interesting how it is so automatic in all of the uh, facets of the industry. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree with what you're saying, and you bring up like really really good points. And it's kind of like you know when they give you like hot topic words because they've seen it on some forum or you know they've read it somewhere and it became like that hot topic for like the next couple months. And you know they'll come at you with like VPD, and they're like oh, are we growing in the VPD and are we hitting it? And it's not necessarily like it's hard to hit VPD, but I find like like the conversation where I try to have with them after we get through like that hype is that how long can you keep it in VPD, right? Because like your environmental system isn't just if you can get to it, it's if you can keep it into it. And that involves like how confident are you in your irrigation system and your, your water distribution and the fact that you can keep all these plants going because you keep a, like an unhealthy plant in VPD, you're just going to kill it a whole lot quicker. And, uh, and then it's like, so if you don't actually think that your rooms can take, you know, this kind of strategy and this demand, you're not going to succeed. And a lot of these like decision makers, that's the opposite of what they want to hear, right? That they have, uh, they've invested all this money uh, in, in, into basically subpar or, or a room that kind of has a cap on its quality. Right. And then they, they just ignore the facts and push anyways. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Ignoring the facts. Come on now. There's lots of, Oh yeah. You know, I mean, and I also make that cheeky, uh, uh, joke against all of us to be honest with you you know all of our uh, stoner facts that we've used at some point in time 
with growing it. So that word fax is just a very uh, hilarious term I find uh, inside of the cannabis industry. <laughs> um, it is different. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, definitely a hot button word for sure. Mr. West, what are some of the, the positive things? I know you got to, you know, me and Myrig sounded like the old war horses over here just going off at the end, you know, sitting at a at a bar drinking pints about the good old days and all that stuff. Uh, what are some of the, the positives that you see over there? You know, you're a, definitely a fresh face inside of the industry in that way. Uh, what, uh, what's been some of those cool things that you've seen going down with you on the floors there? Um, one of the positive things that I'm seeing, it's like we had a hurdle there with licensing taking so long to be like, we were allowed to grow product, but weren't really allowed to sell it at that time. Right. So holding, we're building up, building up, building up product. Right. And eventually, well now, like we're finally selling, getting multiple markets and it's really going great so that's a relief and i've just seen everybody just seems to be in a better mood like not worrying about what the next move of our company is going to be right because it's kind of scary when you're seeing all this product start to build up and not sure where it's all going to end up right so that's what pays the bills and if it's not going anywhere that was making us pretty nervous but now it's just the best feeling to see our company coming up in marketing and on on instagram and different platforms and stuff right so just it feels like we're starting to be successful right and that's i don't know if we're making money yet but we're doing doing feels like we're doing awesome oh boy yeah you touched on a couple hot buttons too uh as far as like marketing and, and getting out there uh you know for everyone who's uh, spent the time and listened to uh, Russell Bennett's episode uh, on the Cannabis Maker here, episode 12. Uh, he, re- he reads out specifically the marketing restrictions that we have uh, here in Canada. And it really is mind-boggling. And it really comes to a point where you can't market anything almost. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely appreciate the challenges uh, of a licensed producer trying to get their name out there and trying to do it. I wanted to kind of, uh, a little rebuttal question to you, Wes, if I can. Uh, you know, I'm assuming at your facilities, not everybody there is familiar with cannabis. Uh, is that the case? Do you mind commenting on that? Uh, I'm really interested to know, like some of those uh, positives that you've seen, you know, training people through uh, and, you know, really kind of uh, starting to gain a passion for cannabis. Because, you know, from my experience, uh, and especially being in some of these towns in the middle of nowhere, uh, I remember dropping off a U-Haul. Uh, my first day in this one town, and uh, and I got to talking with one of the locals there that was uh, in the waiting room too. Uh, really, you know, friendly uh, exchange, and I said, "Hey, you know, welcome to town." I noticed, you know, not really speaking too much French. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Definitely not from around here. Uh, he goes, "Oh, where are you working?" I said, "Oh, the big uh, the big pot factory there." He goes, "Oh, ha ha ha." What does your wife think of the smell when you get home? And I said, ha, 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 ha. My wife works with me at the facility. <laughs> and it's, it's, he gave me a really funny look. Um, and so he, uh, you know, definitely, uh, I guess, can we say that he was neutral to cannabis? Uh, I think that's as polite as possible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a very interesting experience. So 
you know, have you had that at your facility there where, you know, I like to also joke that, you know, people can't really spell the word cannabis. And then, you know, all of a sudden they kind of realize the, the value of what's happening in the facility. Yeah, it's a, it, it was actually pretty cool at our facility because about half of us have worked together in the past in the, in the, uh, in the black market. So it, that's kind of different. Like we live in this pretty small area here. So half of us already knew each other from legacy i guess you some might say and uh as far as the growing part on our production floor everybody was pretty valuable to begin with and now just getting the right faces in the right places that's kind of the main thing and it's we've got our flows and everybody's working together and just in it for the same thing so we're fortunate that way but as far as the management to uh, production people, that's about the biggest differences in the building. Yeah, trust me. And that's always going to be it. It's really that, you know, delicate balance between, you know, again, um, you know, like you were kind of mentioning to the, the black market, traditional market kind of attitudes and, you know, knowledge and then clashing with, you know, different folks from different strokes. Uh, you know, it's important that the, the middle ground uh, is met at the very least. And now you did uh, touch on something that means a lot to my heart for sure is, you know, what term is the right term for the legacy market, the black market, um, the traditional market? I know, you know, when people use these different terms, it kind of it sets some people off. And so I wanted to, you know, understand from your guys' perspective, you know, again, Wes, I'll start with you, brother. What do you feel is that right term that doesn't, you know, discriminate or that is kind of the, the good word to use and respect, you know, the people that really brought cannabis to where we are today? Well, I, I've been really trying to use the word legacy market. Like we always said black market in the past. And uh, that's something that, yeah, I've been working on just because I did notice that it's it's triggering people. So. And I, I understand that. So, but the way I kind of look at it, we're all just growers. And like, if, if we have a passion and we're all gung ho and working for the same thing, I don't think anyone's trying to offend anyone by these terms. I think that they're simply just ignorant, like, uh, like myself, like I had no idea that that would ever offend anyone. And I'm just out here doing what I love doing. And I think everyone that's listening and talking and in these participating in these conversations are all in the exact same headspace as far as that goes yeah i appreciate you uh sharing that for me i've been pretty um you know stalwart on the side of it i guess you know i don't know if i'm well yes i am stubborn let's be honest um but you know for me like because i'm a historical type of guy uh and so for me like i really kind of dive into the definition of black market and uh you know understanding that those markets are uh, you know, running at parallel to uh, the legal market. And so that's why they call it the black market is because it's the shadow, like it's running parallel and, and still operating in almost the same type of way. And so, you know, I've really kind of stuck with that term. And, you know, that's really the way that a lot of folks just spoke about it when I was going through in the early 2000s. And anybody that I knew that was growing it, you know, beforehand, uh, you know, I have a family member that's uh, done some serious time uh, for growing a lot of cannabis plants. And, uh, you know, that's kind of always how we referred it to. But, 
I think you're also acknowledging something that is, you know, really important is just kind of understanding like what the words, you know, how they affect different people. And, um, you know, I'm interested to learn more about that too, uh, you know, from other people, because it's still a confusing kind of mess with me. You know, half of me says that like, it's just a word. And then the other half says, well, people are getting like really upset by it. Um, because if you, you know, again, if you just kind of look at the term and how it's supposed to be kind of you know, taken, it's not supposed to have any negative connotation with it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting divide. Um, do you have anything like on the rebuttal of that at all? No, it's, I, I agree with you. Like I, I try not to say it because I have noticed people are, um, offended sometimes, but I'm not like, if I'm with my friends, I, I still say it because that's just the way we've always talked. And I never, it's, it's not a harmful meaning. It's just, the opposite of legal market is basically what it's just kind of in the shadows that's how we always did it right so kind of comes back to the gorilla growing thing right so it's and i still do well allegedly i still do a little bit of that just for the fun of it right out in the woods just for the nostalgia yes sir there's always always the ish that the cultivator has to say the least Uh, myrick what are your thoughts on that interesting subject i know you're kind of you know new to the clubhouse space and hearing it in there but you know you've been in some cultivation circles as well uh what uh, what are kind of your thoughts on that matter yeah i i definitely uh, agree with the both of you where it's like uh i don't think any cultivate <clears throat> i don't think any cultivator is necessarily looking to offend anybody uh it's just kind of like accurate communication right so if i'm talking to someone that's like doesn't know the cannabis industry, whether it's legal or, or like illegal, gray, you know, medicinal, you know, anything like that. It's just easier to carry the conversation along by referring and saying it's, it's, you know, the black market in, or like the illicit market, the illegal market. Uh, personally, I don't really like to use the word illegal market uh, just because it paints everybody in a, in a really bad picture, right? Because uh, when you get right down to it, right? Yeah, of course you have the cartels and the organized crime uh, syndicates that are like looking just to make a profit of it. But in that same kind of black market origins is that, you know, there you have your caregivers, you have the actual like designated growers, you have people that, you know, are growing for their children or their grandparents or their family members, uh, you know, not doing it for profit, doing it very, very secretive, uh, just so they can't get caught. But this is truly medicine for their loved ones. Um, and, and when you really dive into that and that, and that's where I think, or even that I've seen in clubhouse where people start getting offended because you're, you've, the people that are, are truly not doing it for profit, only doing it from, from the goodwill of their, of their heart is, uh, they feel like they're being painted with that same brush as if they were, you know, organized crime or, or a cartel or, you know, doing something dirty so they can make money. Uh, and, and that's not the drive for them. Um, it's interesting to see it happen. I think we're going to start to see a bit of a shift now that it's been legalized and we can really start to differentiate between the people that are doing it purely for, for profit and those that are doing it purely for, for medicinal reasons or, or basically not profit. Yeah. Like you said, it's definitely, uh, an interesting discussion. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, we're definitely going to have more of it. I'm interested, like I said, to you know, learn more about the intricacies uh, of it and try and understand both sides, you know, of the debate. I always try to. Um, I don't know. It, it interests me. 
uh, that educational aspect of it. So I'm glad that we could uh, definitely dip into that. Killer. All right. So one of my last questions uh, before we get you both out of here is uh, advice. I mean, you guys work in the industry. You've been in the industry for a little bit. So I feel as much as anybody that we should really be given as much knowledge as we can mentoring people. Uh, you know, again, shameless plug. If uh, you're looking to understand that at the cultivation aspect and you want to be mentored through the process, the Green Rush uh, Discovery Program with Antoinette Gomez, please go take a look at it. Uh, you know, give you some insights into getting into the game. But for your guys' sake here and some free advice for some folks, we'll start. Let's let's go with Mr. Myrig. Mr. Myrig, uh, what is some advice for people uh, that you might have who, you know, They've heard that plumbers can get into the game. Uh, guys who know about trees can get into the game. Uh, what do you have for them if they really want to make that jump? And maybe they're thinking, ah, oh, it's too late. You know, cannabis has been legal for a while now. I think the boat has passed. Uh, what are some uh, words that you have for some of those folks that are making that consideration? I would uh, strongly consider if you actually want to want to work with cannabis. Uh, there's some, some people have like allergies towards actually working with cannabis and it's something that we ask at the beginning uh, and then monitor throughout because obviously a lot of people don't know um and then you know keep in mind that it, it's you're actually growing you're in a you know kind of an agriculture slash pharmaceutical environment so you're sort of doing the same tasks repeat, repeatedly all the time um so you might really enjoy cannabis and you know you might smoke copious amounts and whatever whatnot but you might not actually enjoy working with that um, all that aside, if you think you still want to try it out, I would just apply. Like, you worried about not having experience? There's no problem. Not a lot of people has uh, legal experience now. And, you know, even, yeah, two and a half years, you know, good luck. Most people only have, like, maybe a year and a half. It's pretty <laughs> rare to find someone that has consistent uh, cannabis um, experience. So I would just apply anyways. Go for it. And uh, if you're trying to get information and listen to kind of, like, you know, who's going to teach you about cannabis. Just listen to people that are going to tell you how you're going to do things, but also why you're doing these things and really elaborating on that. You'll find most people that talk about cannabis, they'll just tell you how to do it and how it's done, uh, but they won't really go into a whole lot of depth on why you're going to want to do that or what's the situation that you would want to really highlight that kind of activity to it. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of my two cents anyways. I have would be, well, first of all, get to work on time and work the whole day whether you're having a good day or bad days and spoken like a true boss right there folks if you didn't know that wes is managing people at his facility now you know <laughs> another one is uh i would say try to learn as much as you can while you're there and uh take even if you have your own methods, try to learn the method that you're being taught and because you got to all be able to streamline what you're doing and get through and make just have the same plan and not have to worry about anything being um, inconsistent. Right. So those are all my main things that I look for in a day. So let's recap that real quick. Number one, just apply. Number two, ask questions. Number three, and these are not in order, folks, by the way, because 
I also agree with Wes. Number three should probably be at number one, but be on time. Please be on time. And then number four, I mean, again, ask questions. This is a new industry. It is okay to go on the floor and ask questions, understand kind of what is going on. Uh, it's not uh, it's not meant to be a place where you know information is hoarded. Uh, it's a meant to be a place of education so that everybody can you know advance if they need to or you know at least feel equipped uh, to deal with some of these situations you know especially you know getting into the weeds of it a little bit here pun intended you know it's really useful to teach your cultivation technicians or you know i'm not too sure what the other uh, terminologies i know there's um uh, you know lead growers and that sort of way there's a whole bunch of different terms but if the folks that you have you know right at that plant level cannot identify some of the basic pest infestations or maybe some of the basic you know what a powdery mildew spore might look like on a plant type of deal or you know the after effects of what the spore is on the plant i should probably say um you might be doing it wrong and so it's really nice to make sure that you know i've alluded to it before but maybe you want to do something like a bug friday where you teach all of your employees what a thrip looks like. And then the next bug Friday you have, you teach them what powdery mildew is. I don't know. But I think it's really important to educate those folks, uh, you know, and make them feel like it's a place to be. Uh, I really feel that the, the cannabis industry should be, uh, be something like that. So I know and, I'm, and, and I hope that, you know, you guys are doing that all the time uh, in your guys' facilities. It, uh this plant can definitely change attitudes as we all know. And right now there's such a weird stigma, uh, you know, especially here in Canada with being in that limbo of having legalization for a while. Uh, you know, all these people finally coming out of the closet of smoking and then still some people who think that cannabis is the devil's lettuce and the country is going to disintegrate, uh, in a moment's notice. So what a wild, uh, what a wild time. Boys, uh, thanks for joining. Really excited that some people got to hear what is going on uh, in the Canadian cannabis cultivation scene. Uh, I don't think that there are a lot of uh, people talking about that or at least putting out you know, public information there. And so uh, thanks for having a productive and positive discussion about that. Uh, really appreciate it, boys. For having me, Corey. And it's been great talking to Myrick. Uh, hope to talk again here soon, guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the chat, boys. It's always been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, it's always great to talk about cannabis. You guys worry. We, we are definitely going to do another one. There's no two ways about it. I have some questions written down that we really need to get to. Uh, you know, just kind of a fast little thing that I wrote down. I mean, the master grower term. I don't even know if that's one whole episode in itself, but that is just, uh, you know, what I really want to knock that out of the park. Uh, I think the other thing that, you know, is something that really hits me personally, and I it's difficult to really see where the market's going to go. But, you know, what is the difference between medical and recreational? Is there a difference? Uh, there's a term that's frequently used uh, in the United States referred to as adult use. Um, you know, so I'm really excited to have that discussion with you guys from the cultivator perspective and, uh, you know, carry on these conversations, uh, as we do. So, 
Uh, thanks again, and thank you all for listening and supporting. Please give us a follow. Uh, leave us a review on the Apple podcast and join our Telegram chat for crying out loud. We have conversations going on in the background. Uh, all of our lovely guests uh, have joined up with us and uh, continuing on the conversation afterwards. So please uh, join us on our Telegram community as well. Again, you're sitting here with Corey, Myrig, and Wesley. And there you have it, everybody. Another episode of the Resonate Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for making it all the way through to the end. We appreciate the downloads, the follows. Leave us a review if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast. Please subscribe and hit the bell over on YouTube and Twitch. You can find us over there at Resonate Media. You can also find us on Instagram at Team Resonate also send us an email to info at resonatecannabis.com. I hope you all have a wonderful day and thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to us here on Resonate Radio. We'll see you again next time. Thank you. <laughs>